ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Bit Spursy. My name is Barney. My name is Dan. And yeah, welcome back to a, uh, an episode that we thought we'd be talking about one game and another game. Turns out it's just one of those games. And Dan, obviously, I, I just want to reach out and um, have uh, extend my condolences to you um, after the, the um, passing of um, the Queen. We're such dicey territory already. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to extend my uh, my condolences to me for the passing of Olivia Newton-John. No one has brought that up on this podcast, but... Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. I've dropped the ball there, buddy. I've dropped the ball. Um... No, well, you couldn't know that I wanted you to say condolences for Olivia Newton-John. No, well, I could have I could have thought, you know, you've offered condolences to me for something. Mm. I could have at least mm. had a go at offering condolences back. But instead mm. I just soaked it up and, and left you out to dry. So I'm very sorry well, about, um, about your Dan, loss there. Dan, it's okay. You're not yourself. You're not yourself. It's not myself. Right? Yeah, you're um, not yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Um, let's, I mean, let's just get the, the postponement out of the way. I feel... Uh, that um, living in Australia, neither of us really, even though we're part of the Commonwealth, really have any strong connections to a royalty. Um, and any of our opinions on whether the, the matches got postponed or not or the commemorations around the Queen don't really matter because no one cares. Um, <laughs> yeah, so well, they might come out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they might come out anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is through the, through a, a I was going to say a, a shield of distance, um, but through a lens, through a giant telescopic lens of distance that we, mm. we sort of experience this. And we know the passing of the queen is very sad for some people. Um, mm -hmm. but well, I've also seen a lot of stuff from like other, you know, people in Britain as well who are, um, who are, you know, still sad, but they're not like, oh my gosh, we should stop everything and shut mm. the country down for, you know, two weeks um, mm. over it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I come at this from the perspective of someone that thinks Australia should be a republic. So obviously that is a huge bias, but the, the main thing, like, obviously, I agree with you. I agree yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, the main thing for me, which is um, most frustrating, I think, is that this this person who, you know, if you look back through history has been complicit, if not directly involved in a whole bunch of pretty dodgy stuff has, uh, passed away, which is sad because this person has a family and, uh, they're obviously going to be upset. And it's always sad if someone that you love dies, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, well, it got called very late and the, uh, the commoners, the, the working class people or just the, the middle class people or whatever who have uh, bought tickets to see a football match, maybe paid for accommodation, maybe organised things around going to this thing, then suddenly get that taken away from them by somebody who has never met them uh, and probably has never even thought that they or, or perceived that they exist. Um, and so to me that's the... That's the most frustrating thing where it's like, well, there are, you know, like this person who is sort of like a, like a, what's the name? Like a dignitary kind of like a figure that's not really, you know, doesn't have power anymore. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. 
No, no, no. I, I think there there are some definitely some valid points in there. I saw on Twitter there was an Arsenal fan, um, uh, yes, a human, um, and um, I think he was uh, from Japan, and he posted saying like, "I've come all the way from Japan to see Arsenal," and he had his Tomiyasu yeah. top on, and he's just like, "What am I supposed oh. to do now?" And I felt sorry for him because I'm like, it's yeah. a picture of him, the, his just his back, just in the um, the Emirates, just looking out, and it's just <laughs> like. I feel bad for this guy. Like he must've spent so much money trying to get over there, going off to see a Premier League game and for it to be canceled. Um, yeah, I think it's my, my sort of issues with these sort of things is that I think, you know, people will mourn in all sorts of different ways. And I think that it's always going to be really dicey when you start telling people how you need to mourn and like, all right, you're not allowed to go to this. You're not allowed to, oh, this is going to be canceled. This is going to be canceled. But then when you have, you know, I, to my understanding, the government going like, well, you can make your own choice. And then the FA is like, well, we don't want to get embarrassed by like people not respecting the tributes. Um, and my understanding of that is, I don't know how accurate this is, but the, uh, the concern there is the Liverpool fans at Anfield for like booing the national anthem. And um, I started looking into that. And I think that that issue, it seems to be a lot deeper than just like, Hey, stop booing the national anthem because my understanding is like Margaret Thatcher back in the day made some comments and it's about Liverpool and the city and all that sort of stuff. So I don't really want to comment too much on that without knowing the full um, story mm. behind it. But if that was why it was canceled, because they're like, well, we're worried that if the, you know, the Liverpool's game, there's some booing when they have the national anthem or when there's something about the queen beforehand. I still think that that's quite a, like a weak stance to take on this. Yeah. I mean, you can't, uh, yeah, that, that's based on a prediction that that's what's going to happen. You've got no idea whether it actually will because this hasn't happened, you know, for a very long time in terms of the, the head of state, I guess, but as the the powerless head of state <laughs> yeah. um, or power, I don't know what power the royalty has. This is what I mean. I've got no idea. Um, having... Uh, uh, like you just don't, you know, this hasn't happened in, I don't know how long that we've had the, the monarch pass away. So yeah, I, it seems kind of silly that they would just be like, all right, no, nope, just pack it all in. I actually, part of me really hoped that, um, as a result of that, then the AFL would get canceled, uh, this weekend, because what that would mean is we would be a Republic within about 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> The, ball the ballots would just be absolutely flying <laughs> yeah. in if that was the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think now we've been, it's been announced that we have on grand final weekend, there's now an extra day, the start of that, which is the morning of, to, to mourn the, um, the passing of the queen. And I think that's when like Australia's just like, oh yeah, nah, it's, we need a mourn. We definitely do need to yeah. mourn. Yeah. Um, if that gives us a four day weekend, then we, I think we should have a mourn. <laughs> yeah. but if that wasn't the case people would be like whatever um and this and just to be very clear this is not trying to be disrespectful to to the queen to the people who really you know love the monarchy and all that sort of stuff it's more just i think the whole system's just very very antiquated and i think we've kind of you know i don't know we just moved past um this scenario there was one other just point i want to bring up which i thought was quite important too was someone else made this point on Twitter saying that, you know, they are someone who works at one of the grounds and like they are, you know, come from a very low income um, scenario and like they're dependent on working at the grounds to get paid. Um, and so they don't give 
their opinion was like, I don't give a crap about going and sitting home and being sad. I need to get paid so I can get food for the week. And you know, what's, um, what's, what's going to happen there. And I think there was a photo during the rounds on Twitter too, which had like a picture of the queen next to a food bank that was closed. Mm. And it just shows the, the sort of dichotomy between the two and, um, how some of these decisions, it seems like, I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to be in touch with, as you said earlier, the commoners and the working class. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Where you have someone who gets paid to work and then that gets taken away so they can go home and like roll around in their, <laughs> roll around on their bed <laughs> being upset about the passing of uh, an extremely wealthy uh, person and and, their, and and feel bad for their family when it's like, well, now they don't have an income. And the other thing is it, it's so, uh, you know, there's so, I've seen so many, um, you know, like English kind of cliches flying around. Um, but one of the ones that hasn't is like, isn't the whole thing keep calm and carry on? Isn't that like the most mm -hmm. famous one? Isn't st uh, have a stiff upper lip, like also one of the most famous ones, but it's like, no, can it all. <laughs> I mean, I reckon we should just can the whole Premier League, to be honest, Dan, that's what I'm trying to get to. Just just put it in the bin. Let's just call it where the season is right now. And that's, yeah, just call it. That's just not bad it. for, oh, I better, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're in, we're still in third, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because otherwise I'd take that back. Yeah, we're still third. All right, yeah, call it, call it third. We'll mm -hmm. take third. That's not bad. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's not bad. It'll stop Erling Haaland breaking Harry Kane's record in like, Harry Kane is going to go and like, it's like, oh, it's two more, two or three more seasons he needs to get to like Alan Shearer's record. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Mm. Haaland's going to do a third of it in like a season. <laughs> and it's just going to be all for nothing. And it's going to be all for nothing. And mm. why have we even bothered? Why have we even bothered with all this? What I was looking forward to was against Man City seeing Harry Kane as a surprise uh, centre back. Uh, <laughs> to just man mark Harland and uh, ruin, like end his career. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing that. Who knows? That's the other thing where it's like the the knock-on effects are like, well, okay, so we know that the season's condensed. We know that because of the World Cup, which is happening, uh, again, the result of greed and wealth um, in Qatar at the end of the year because it can't be played in summer. And so... Mm -hmm being able to make up a game becomes very dicey, especially when you consider like player welfare around recovery and injury and da, 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 da. like, it's like, when, when are these games going to happen? When will they happen? Especially, yeah. you know, there's been stuff floating around saying that next week's lot of games are going to be canceled too. It's like, if that happens, then it's like, well, then you've got two fixtures you've got to make up. And when is that going to, when is that going to fit? Cause they have to, at the moment, like the, 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 the rough like reportings are that this is games are going to be pushed into next year. Right. Like they're not mm. where the, where we're standing is that they can't fit in before the world cup. Yeah. So if we've got to fit two gate, like it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely mm. crazy. And I, and I think like to what you said about the, the world cup as well, it's like acting like, um, you know, footballing institutions suddenly have like a moral compass. <laughs> like suddenly <laughs> yeah, the FA yeah, yeah. is like, oh no, the right thing here is everyone has to cancel the games because we need to stop and be mourned and uh, stop and mourn, <laughs> yeah. stop and mourn. But, um, oh yeah. Uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can put your next deposit yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not a, that's not a problem. Actually the, our, um, our, uh, bank is open, uh, yeah. regardless of that. So 
Um, we make it very clear that our bank is open to accept deposits uh, from the state investment fund. Like that is able to come through. <laughs> that is not closed. That'll remain open 24-7. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is, um, they are keeping calm and carrying on yeah. with the <laughs> stiff upper lip, um, our bankers. They are working, so you can deposit the money. This is what I mean by the, the power of cliches is that they can be applied across situations regardless of how much they contradict, um, you know, like the a grander sort of event where <laughs> those kind of things, and we have them too in Australia, um, like have a go, you know, like have a, everyone's got to have a fair go, which was used by our last prime minister, um, overlord and, uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Satan himself. Yeah. Like, you know, he can just apply that to situations where it's not, um, uh, you know, it fits his narrative, but then you're like, zoom out and you're like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> which is basically what the point I'm trying to get to is, when you look at the uh, veracity of uh, Twitter and people use those kind of cliches to make points, like they are, cliches are, are um, the pawns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the point. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. And that makes sense. Um, mm. There was one final thing I just wanted to raise, which I, I saw on Twitter, which I thought was quite funny. Um, it was from Sheffield International FC. Um, and I mm -hmm. think it was on the Friday night they posted this up and their tweet was because the queen died, we will not be playing our league game against Byron house tomorrow morning at 10 30 AM. We will instead be aiming to play a friendly tomorrow morning against Byron house, kick off 10 30 AM. <laughs> and then there's a couple of tweets. I'll just, I'll quickly read through them. Yeah, then the yeah. next tweet update, someone snitched on us. So now even the friendly is off. So instead <laughs> we're having a training session tomorrow morning at 10 30 AM. Um, <laughs> Well, they said, if that gets cancelled, we'll have a game of rugby, seeing as that's deemed respectful enough. Um, did the rugby not get cancelled? Rugby didn't get cancelled. Um, oh, I didn't know that. No, rugby. Oh. I think rugby and cricket didn't get cancelled. Um, that... So that Sheffield, they kept tweeting. They said, Byron House are more than welcome to come to training. Just uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then there's just photos from the next day. Oh, silly billies. Everyone's turned up in their match kits. <laughs> and then, oh, Byron House have arrived. What are they doing here? Um, <laughs> but it was just, uh, I think, look, it was just another showing as well of like, um, they are a team, you know, from on the ground in the UK. And ultimately, yeah, to be told, look, you got to go and sit inside today and not do anything. They're like, no, we want to go out and play. Uh, we want to go out and play football. <laughs> mm, mm. Let us go and do this, please. Isn't that wild though that the the gentlemen's sports, rugby and cricket, can go ahead, but the the sport that's played by uh, the working class peoples <laughs> around the world, not only England, is the one that can't. Like oh, that definitely. is because we can't trust bananas. those fans to be respectful. <laughs> yeah, we can't trust them to be respectful. Like it's just absolutely, absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, that is absolutely nuts. Um, uh, well, let's um, we, you know, we've been we've been bagging on for a while about uh, the Queen, so let's move on to uh, the game that we played in the Champions League. Um, do you want to? Uh, I've just seen you've put an image in our little um, photo album <laughs> that we keep <laughs> for this podcast that has distracted me from everything else. Um, 
but should we leave that for after or we'll speak about it now? I think we're, well, I think you've opened the open Pandora's mm. box on that image. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, if it is uh, from, I believe, after the Champions League game. Um, and it's it's Kane chatting to Adebayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, I think, Emerson next to him. Mm-hmm. And then about to shake hands with Emerson. <gasps> Your favorite, Barney. My number one. The shambling corpse of Fernando Lorente. He looks fantastic. He looks great. He's never looked better. He's never looked better. He looks like we could, we could definitely, he's gone and seen a necromancer. We should go and we should bring him back. He looks phenomenal. Precisely. He looks fit, doesn't he? Yeah. He looks really fit. Fit, happy, um, mm-hmm. well put together. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, he's, yeah. And I mean, look, like, as does Adebayor. Imagine if this was like, we were signing them. We would just bring them both in. It's like, Lorente, Adebayor, come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh my God. We could do with some more backup forwards. Let's just, just get you in for old time's sake. <laughs> I mean, you know, Lorente looks, you know, phenomenal. He's glowing pretty much. Adebayor looks very cool in uh, his double denim uh, outfit, but he also does look like the man that has been dealing with a lot, a lot of curses on his family. He looks stressed, which uh, if you uh, read reports, he has been dealing with. So um, good luck. I assume now that you're in London, maybe the, you know, you sort of managed to, um, wait, hang on, wait, what's, what's happened here? And I, his, his family got cursed. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was unaware of that. It's, that's my greatest piece of out of your, um, uh, knowledge that I have. Yeah. So his family got, cause uh, obviously, you know, witchcraft's still a thing in, in Africa. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you know, in a spiritual sense, and as part of some, something happened and his his family was cursed or he he went back because he felt that he needed in fact i think this is when he was playing for tottenham he went back because he was like oh, i've got to go get um some kind of like uh ritual or blessing or whatever and i can't remember if that was prior to when sherwood brought him back and he was banging goals or after i can't remember mm-hmm. No, I see. He I, looks like a king. In this photo, he looks like an absolute king. Yeah, it looks great in this one. I, I was unaware of all that because, like, the only, like, cursing type things I'd heard of recently was the whole um, Pogba Mbappe mm. um, sort of fiasco. So, um, yeah, look, well, uh, I, <laughs> I I hope he's fine. Um, mm, mm. I hope he's fine. But, uh, yeah, it's just I always like f- – I, I always like – and I always wonder, like, how often do ex-players come back to the stadium. And do they just get completely all access pass? Like, can they just walk the halls and just go wherever they want? Mm. And is it all players that get all pass players that get that kind of privilege? Or is it just select, um, players that are allowed to have like it, if, um, uh, Zeki Fries comes back and they're like, yeah, mate, you can, uh, yeah, we'll give you a voucher for the, um, for the chip, the chip shop. Yeah, or, oh, Beaverton Brewery, you'll get a 10% discount on that. Yeah. But don't worry, the beer fills from the bottom. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, we're going to get someone who's going to be just an absolute Zeki Fryer stan. And they're going to reach mm. out and be like, hey, what's going on here? Barney's putting Zeki's name on the airwaves two weeks in a row. Mm. Yeah. You, you don't, <laughs> where is your, um? <laughs> why is Zeki Fryer's now your, uh, your target? <laughs> 
he's my target because when I go to say uh, a, a player that doesn't have uh, like a history of success playing for Tottenham, mm. it's like a slot machine, um, and o- on the <laughs> on the faces are um, <laughs> Vlad Kirikesh, uh Stambouli, um, who else is there? Um, Fraser Campbell. Kyle Norton. Oh, I was going to huh? say, is Fraser Campbell one? Fraser Campbell, Carl Norton, um, Nkudu, um, um, uh, Clinton and Jai. Um, and for some reason, I'm like, they're all too obvious. Yeah. I'm going to pick someone that's further away. So I pick Zeki Fryers. It's nothing against him. Totally, totally. I was going to say, he did play, so I've just seen he's played seven times for Spurs. That's all he played for. He's only 29. I thought this guy would be like 45 now. No. He's only 29. Um, one that always comes to mind to me is Federico Fazio. Oh, my God. Oh, he was. Because he, where did he come from, Villarreal? Or was it? Um, uh, I, well, I think it could have been Sevilla. It could have been Villarreal. Oh, it could have been Sevilla. I think it was, yeah, one of them. Yeah. And... He, I think he'd had quite a good season. Yeah. Well, like he came as like, and I think he was playing, he, I'm pretty sure he was playing for Argentina at the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, he came as like being very highly rated, but I guess someone just forgot to check whether he was able to even move more than <laughs> three kilometers a second. Um, hang on. Three kilometers a second is actually so fast. So that's yeah. like, <laughs> That's not, that's not like any, that's great. Like everyone in the world moves beneath that speed. Maybe uh, that's what they were told though. Like, and Fazio, did you know he can move at three kilometers a second? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That seems Whoa. unrealistic, but okay. We'll take your yeah. word for it. <laughs> we'll take him. We'll take him. So he's quick. So he's quick. Yeah. <laughs> was it his first game against, was it City or something? And he got sent off with a straight red. Yeah, I think it was his first game and he got sent off with like, um, yeah, he was given a straight red card for bringing down Aguero. Um, mm. I've just, I've just got it up here. I've got my Federico Fazio page here. Um, oh, great, great, great. Yep. So denying uh, Aguero a goal scoring opportunity in the penalty area. So he got red carded, Aguero scored and we lost 4-1. Um, oh my. And then like a month later, he did the same thing, <laughs> conceded another penalty. Um in the Europa League. And I think that was kind of it. Oh. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know if you heard that. That was. <laughs> Are you being attacked by Chucky the Clown? What's the... <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to push him down. Um, apologies to the listeners. Apologies to you, Dan. Um, the fight is ongoing. I Sorry, I can't take a day off um, for the death of a monarch. I do have to continuously fight Chucky the Clown, which is a mix between Chucky the doll from the horror movie and it the clown. Oh, yeah. They've come together <laughs> and they've, they've <laughs> amalgamated into just the most horrific freak of nature. Um, very violent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, so one of the big things that came out, which I, you know, usually if, if you watch a – a Spurs game, um, you if if we don't play that well or the commentators are a bit, you know, you can expect that you're going to hear, you know, from a couple of people like, oh, did you think the commentary was a bit off? And you never know whether it was or not. But this was like almost everyone that I know that supports Spurs 
uh, got in contact with being like, is there something wrong with the the coverage? Like, what is and, what's happening? So wait, and so just to, to contextualize this, we are now talking about the Marseille Champions League game. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Which means, oh, we need our bootleg Champions League music so the mm-hmm, pod mm-hmm. doesn't get pulled down for copyright. Um, but yes, Barney, you can please listen, rally. <laughs> you can listen to this uh, track on Tidal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rally me, Barney, with your with your um, with your war cry. With your with my war cry uh, against against the commentator. Oh yeah, okay. So usually, you know, people, um, it's kind of very subjective whether you thought they were good or bad. This was like across the board, and then obviously also on. Um, I've heard it on other podcasts. Um, I've heard it. I've heard it on Twitter. Yep, <laughs> I've heard it. I've been listening to Twitter, and I heard it. It's unreal how poor the coverage was. I don't know who was in charge of the, like who was the actual, who was selling on to the other provider, like what company it was, but it was bananas. Like the fact that we initially were shown a graphic um, with a lineup of us playing in a 4-4-2 with Kane and Perisic leading the line, um, <laughs> Longley playing uh, at left back. We've got uh, <laughs> Charleston playing oh, left midfield. And sorry, and sorry, it's Son, Son at right midfield. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's going to be doing a great job um, assisting Royale there. <laughs> um, see, I think this also came from... Um, there was an image that was posted up by, I believe, one of the Spurs journos. Um, I can't remember who it was. And I think it was them at the game. They got given this slip, which was like, hey, here are the lineups for the teams. And I'm pretty sure that it had this formation um, sort of <laughs> on there. And it's just like, you just look at it and you go, this is absolutely bonkers. Because who yeah. is seeing this formation and going, oh, yeah, that's how Spurs will line up. Um, and then... Not like I thought for a second, maybe you go, oh, there's just one template for this thing and they just chuck the names in. It doesn't matter. Not, this mm. is the template that then they send to the graphics department to put up for the start of the game where you suddenly go, this is completely wrong. There's no way mm. that that's going to happen. Um, it just, I don't understand it. Oh yeah. I've got no idea as to how this managed to get from uh, the clubs telling you for what the lineup was way for them being like duh and filling it out to the graphics department and then uh luckily the australian coverage um <laughs> this came up on the screen and <laughs> all of them were like uh well that's not how they line up so uh <laughs> and they they literally were like parasite will play here and blah blah this is not i don't know what that is anyway and then we we transitioned across into the whatever the company is that's on selling it and it came up on their broadcast um, while um, my new enemy, Mark uh, Pugash, I don't know how you say it. I'm going to call, I'm going to say Pugash. Is he the one that they um, call Pugas? Yeah, I think so. Nickname. Maybe they don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh. oh, Pugas. Pugas. Good on you, Pugas. Um, came up for him. No mention. No, no, like, oh, oh, they've made an error here. Um, even the, like Antonio Conte is famous for playing three at the back with wingbacks. He's been around for a long time. He's had a lot of success. 
how could you not? Like, it's the absolute bottom of the rung uh, research slash just inherent knowledge that you would have to be like, that's wrong. Yeah. And then they showed Marseille with wingbacks. <laughs> so they do have the template. They do have the template. They, do. They, they have one and they didn't use it. Yeah. It's not like they've bought, like, they've gone to, like, graphics, uh, coolgraphics.net and they bought mm. one, like, PSD file and it's just got... Like, all right, this is it's only a four four two. We just got to put every single team in that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to use. I don't know how to use uh, <laughs> any kind of editing software. We just have to put the names on. We That's it. Put the names on. Um, it's just like at every chance here, and the fact that they had Dyer as right centre back and Romero as left centre back. So not even yeah, like what? on the right side, even if you're giving them the benefit of the doubt there. So yeah, it is. It is very, very, uh, very, very bizarre, and. Um, mm. I mean, they got they got Hugo at the right spot, so I guess that's a that's a big. Yeah, well tick. done, well done. I should say, sorry, I need to re redact because this is part of another rant. Uh, Pugash uh, actually wasn't the commentator; he is the um, Australian Spurs sideline correspondent. But it was Guy Mowbray who is a, a commentator who used to work for the BBC and BT Sport, who didn't make any comment as to the lineup whatsoever. Yeah. Um, also the same person that famously got chased off Twitter for um, putting up a tweet about Marcus Rashford. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah. Still getting gigs. Still getting yeah, gigs. Still getting gigs. Um, I always get worried with these European games when we have a single commentator because oh, yeah. in the, I think it was Europa or Conference, one of those over the last couple of years, where we had a different older guy um, mm. and he was the one who would, and it was, I'm, I'm all serious issue, I think, but he'd always get like, he'd always confuse all of our black players mm -hmm. and he'd be like, oh, and has got the, oh, 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 Sanchez. And you just <laughs> like, get this guy off the air instantly, please. Mm. Um, but then this guy, I'm like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, they've got to talk to themselves and they just go insane. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. This guy was like, it, it was like the Marseille team he were watching were like a gonna go down in history as like if FIFA ever brought out like a legends mode, it's like oh you can play as like you know nineteen nineties like Italy or Argentina or whatever or you know play as like yeah. ninety eight France do this and you can play with two thousand and twenty two group stage Marseille. One of the yeah. classic teams. In that old game against Tottenham Hotspur that they lost. <laughs> and it was just like, I can't believe, like, the, the, the it was like he'd just recently gone to adjective school. Um, yeah. And, like, one of their players, I forget who it was, um, in the midfield, and he got subbed off, and it's like, oh, strange, he got subbed off. One of these sparkling jewels in the first half with his crit. And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What were you watching? Oh, it was bizarre. It was bizarre that, like, he must, I tried to look up if he supports a particular team or whatever, um, but that there was nothing online. But it was the, the narrative that he, did, like, chose, because obviously commentators work and they're told by producers to work with narratives throughout a game to create, because our brains are so good at listening to story structures. Mm that's part of the, the commentary. They create narratives and then they follow them. Um, but this was like in, usually they are uh, at least at a minimum somewhat based on something mm. that's been happening 
be it um, before the game or in the game or whatever. This was like flying in the face of what was happening. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's this is not to say that we played amazingly in the first half. No. But it was just that this guy was talking as if like Marseille were the most hard done by team in that it ever like played. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. it's like they'd had like, in his mind, they'd had 50 shots on goal, like 30 on target. Like it was just absolutely ridiculous to be talking about Marseille in such glowing terms. And he was using very like, um, like definite statements as well, like talking in absolutes. Oh, yeah. So he mm. wasn't just like, well, Marseille might've had the better of this. He was just like, you know, and Marseille, they've been by far the better team. No one can argue with that at all. <laughs> and it's like, mate, no, like everyone is going to argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was all just like, and Marseille will go on to win this season's Champions League. <laughs> Uh, I can guarantee it. <laughs> and we're in a halftime nil-nil. It's a cruel old game football, isn't it? Cruel old game for Marseille <laughs> here. They really should be up by 10 goals to nil. Spurs should be in the negative goals. That's what I bring in right now. Negative goals for Spurs. That's how much better Marseille have been. I actually have a plan to have an island where I can change the rules <laughs> and to which I can have negative goals, but only for Spurs. Ah, yes, that would be perfect. And when Marseille score, they don't get goals, they get gold bullion. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mate, just stop it, please. Like this was yeah. this is probably the first game in a very, very long time where I've honestly gone, how can I turn off the commentary? Is there another mm. way to listen to the, just the audio of the crowd? Mm. Like, I have to, I can't listen to this guy talk anymore. Mm. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like so abrasive uh, and just constant where every single thing that happened was being uh, twisted to fit this narrative that Marseille were playing like, like 80s or 90s Brazil. Like it was, mm. it was bizarre. And it, the thing is that, you know, when initially I was like, oh, we, I'm seeing that, you know, we're not really dominating the game, but we're not, it's not bad, but this guy's, are we playing badly? And then if you look at the stats, even from the first half, like we were fine. Like we weren't great. I'll admit that. Like we weren't dominating the game, but <laughs> the way that he was talking was like, you know, that, um, that final day absolute capitulation to Newcastle under Pochettino. Like mm -hmm. he was talking like that was happening. Yeah. 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 It was, um, it, it was just so I, I was speechless. I was honestly speechless because mm. it's like, all right. Like sometimes we get biased commentators watching, um, when we watch Premier League games and mm. they'll have, they'll be a little bit biased. They'll just have these comments, which are kind of just like, you know, um, having little jabs at Spurs for, for this, that, and everything else. Or they mentioned like, oh, and you know, like when Spurs bottled the league and you're like, oh, come on, not again. Come on. Let's not, mm. let's not again it back into that narrative. Um, but this, this was just on a completely different, and like every time we would stuff up, it would just be like, and Marseille's pressure causing a turnover there. Brilliant from Marseille. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful football from Marseille. <laughs> and then if we did anything <laughs> good, it was like, well, Spurs a bit lucky there with the shot. Mm. And it's, I, I just don't understand how these guys aren't like, there's got to be someone else listening. 
Like, is this guy just like on, on some like pirate station where he's like, <laughs> yeah. we don't care, just shut up, talk about the game. We don't, we're not listening. We're not going to like, someone has to listen back to this and go, you know what, as the broadcaster here, we should probably have some element of like, you know, um, quality that we're trying to go for. And this mm. game did not meet that quality standard in terms of the commentators. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I, I couldn't believe that I was having to look to Mark Bosnich for the logical view at <laughs> halftime and full-time and pre-game. Like, obviously, Australian, uh, fantastic Australian goalkeeper, um, entertaining, mm-hmm. but the man, he's partied hard. Um, <laughs> and his opinions sometimes are uh, maybe a, maybe an artifact of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it was him that was the, like the shining light of logic. <laughs> And rationality <laughs> compared to this dude, it was crazy. Um, I, I maybe you need that other commentator just to check this, just through influence of their comments. Mm. I mean, maybe if it was two of them, like if he was meant, if he cloned himself, it, they would just double down harder. Um, but luckily, we're not in a world where that can happen yet, so um, that won't. But I, I almost like I was like, what did Spurs do to this person? Like, what happened? Was he like, I want to be your cockerel mascot as a boy? And they're like, no. <laughs> no, boy, you'll never make anything of yourself in this world. <laughs> you'll never be a mascot. You'll be nothing in this game. You'll be nothing. <laughs> now go and sow some seeds in that field. However, the, the thing that got backed up, so after I'm looking to my shining beacon of rationality, Mark Bosnich, um, then, <laughs> then the entrance of... Pugash himself, who is doing the sort of sideline boundary riding, whatever you call it, um, comments, who is a huge Arsenal fan and also spoke pre- like everyone else was, uh, was sort of at le- at minimum uh, seemed to be sort of non-biased or speaking in neutral terms. Yeah. And then this guy is a huge Arsenal fan and is making the same, like he's like following on Yeah. from, um, it was, it was cooked. Because I watched it on delay, I didn't mm-hmm. get too much of the that sort of post and mid-game um, sort of conversation, so I missed out a little bit on that experience. But I do often find that whenever it is a production which has been made in Australia, there are usually these, it's almost like they just get whoever they can. <laughs> like for, it's like, oh, what, oh, I was going to do an English accent, but that's not what we're doing here. They're like... What's that? It's an, uh, we've got an English guy over there. All right, let's chuck them on and put them on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we want something authentic, mate. Yeah, <laughs> Mate, I've got a friend over there. I've got a mate over there, and he's watched the soccer a few times. So let's yeah. chuck him in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because we used to work in a pub in London together when I was backpacking over there. Oh, it was great. Too expensive, though. Weather miserable, so I came home. Pugas stayed, though. He stayed. He became he became manager of the pub for a little while, yeah. and he stayed yeah. over there ever since. Yeah. Um, I actually quite, on that, in terms of the, the Stan, uh, the Australian bits, I actually don't mind them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know whether it's just hearing... My own accent just puts me in kind of like a bit of a weird state. Um, yeah. But they just seem harmless, I think. I think it just seems harmless, whatever happens. 
Yeah, I think it's more, maybe it's just been like in the past, um, like back in the day when they first started covering more more games. Like actually on, on this one, like because we, we had Max Rushton. And I don't mind Max Rushton. Like I mm. I think he's around in Football Weekly and, um, and that sort of stuff. And a Spurs fan. So there we go. Mm. Um, oh, future guest for the pod. Uh, mm. But yeah, I think just in the past, like we've had, maybe it was back around sort of like the SBS days or like there was that, it, you know, when Craig Foster went at Ange Postacoglu in that interview. Yeah. Um, like he went so hard and it, you're watching it and you're like, mm, Foz, this is quite unprofessional for you to be like absolutely slamming the like soccer roos, like the Joey Roos, like youth team coach. But like, yeah. what are you doing, mate? And then it's like quite funny now. It's like, well, Postacoglu uh, becoming one of the most sought after managers in the <laughs> in Europe and, uh, you know, probably being the Premier League relatively soon. Um mm. But I think back then it was just like, there was a little bit of that amateurness to it where they're just like, well, whoever we can get on. Um, and they had like, you know, they'd have an English ex-player who played like three games for Man City. And he's like, oh, you just make a sub and nick the game at the end. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how is this any insight? This is ridiculous. Yeah. We're in minute two. Yeah. What are you talking about? I could nick it if you put it on your football. And you're just like, nah, why we do, Why do we have to get this? Why can't we actually get some good analysis? The greatest ever, though, was when Aaron Chen was doing the coverage on the ABC mm. and who actually loves football. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, a beautiful uh, parody of Australian soccer or football coverage. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to the game. The pigeon flew, Dan. The pigeon flew. The pigeon absolutely mm. flew, spread his beautiful, glorious wings. Mm -hmm. He took off. Opombo. Opombo. Um, and oh, oh my, oh my goodness. Um, mm -hmm. This was, like, see, I wasn't sure if Richardson was going to start this game. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm obviously very, very happy that he did. But then there are those mixed feelings at the moment where it seems like it is Richardson or Decky. Um, mm. And it's like, oh, I'd love to see like maybe Richarlison Rich and Decky. Like, mm. why does it have to be one of those two all the time? Mm. Uh, but it was so glorious. And I guess you could see like, you know, after the game, that, that footage of him going up to his dad um, and, you know, tearing up in the stands and just showing like how emotional it was to like finally make his premier, uh, sorry, his uh, Champions League debut and, and score twice. And um See, I didn't know much about Richarlison in terms of his ability in the in the air. Like, I didn't know if he was like mm. good in the air, not not really a strength, too busy shit housing everywhere else. Um, but both of these headers were like, they were pretty prime <laughs> headers that he put yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Like he had work to do on both crosses. Yeah, and they were both like hundred out of a hundred headers. It was. Fantastic. Also, yeah, the crying in the stands with his dad and then the photo of him standing there with, like, the red... Like, he looks like he smoked some of that sticky icky. <laughs> <laughs> some wacky tobacco. Yeah. Um, just fantastic. Um, yeah, I, he's already, like, the, <laughs> the fanfare around him, which is so justified because how much of an impact he sort of made just when he's on the pitch. He's just got, I think I said this last pod, but such a, um, presence about him. And uh, the, the thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, we've sort of gone this far now with Son not playing very well. 
and um, Conte obviously being like, you will play through this. I trust you. I'm going to play you. But then Decky or Richarlison has to sit on the bench who are both playing better than him. And I would rather have both of them on than him, which makes it worse if Conte then is like, all right, I've given you all this time and you haven't really figured it out, mate. You're on the bench. Um, I'm going to play Decky and Richarlison. But then the, the opposite side of that is like when Decky's on the match, I'm like, that's just, it's not fair. Like, it, <laughs> and when he came on, it was like, hell yeah, <laughs> here he is. Here he is. Here's our boy. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I think it's now, it's almost like Conte's definitely just gone to stubborn dad mode. Um, mm. It was just like, I've told you once and I've told you bloody 20 times. I'm not dropping son. <laughs> all right. I, and you can just. Bloody piss off out of here. I'm not going to drop Son. You can stop asking me about it. The more you ask, the more I'm going to play him. And you're like, come on. Come on, Dad. Relax. It's fine. <laughs> Dad, you're a part of the Australian uh, football coverage. What are you doing? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, I wonder when this when this stops. And this, and it's, it's not this thing to say, like, you know, I, I think it's really good to have a, a situation where players don't think that they're undroppable, even if they are world-class players. Mm. And I feel like, honestly, the, like the, well, you know, people argue they're like, well, what about Messi? Would you drop Messi? And you're like, well, even when Messi's like not good, he still is very good. <laughs> like, mm. whereas we know, yeah, we know that Son goes through these spells, but then it's like, but then why do we just constantly play him all the way through this spell mm. over and over again? Cause he's playing every day in training so surely there's going to be elements of this bad spell that he's going to work through in training. And it doesn't mm. just have to mean that we have to go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games and, and have it then. Because like, that's what, like, I don't know, 5% of the footballing time he spends throughout the week. Mm. Uh, and, he, and he just looks like the, the Fulham game, he looked up for it and it's like, great. Oh, he's, he's coming back just a bit of time. But then it's like in the Marseille game, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> uh, he's he's, oh, he's going back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah, it looked like a regression. It was not good. And ultimately, I say this, and I know that you're the same, because I want him to come out and score a hat-trick in the next game. Like, there's no, uh, like, I don't, not, don't like him as a player. Like, that's obvious. He's fantastic. But I also think, what is the effect of benching him in terms of, and then bring him on as a sub. Does that change? Does that then in, create uh, him to play sort of into form? Because yeah. this approach isn't working. Ah, oh, totally. And this reminds me of something in, have you seen The Last Dance? Mm. The Jordan Doco? Um, kind of. <laughs> kind <laughs> of. Okay, so there's just a part in that where they're talking, I forget which season... Well, no, well, I mean, it's it, it's only one season, so that's where it is. But I forget what point of the season it is. Um, but it's about um, Rodman, I think, just said to Phil Jackson, he's like, no, nah, so you go to Vegas for a bit. <laughs> then he just like <laughs> just goes away for Vegas for a few days and he's like, misses training, misses, misses a game or two. And I think that even maybe, I can't remember exactly, but I think Jordan might have even said that he went to Phil and he was like, hey, what, what do we what? – <laughs> Or, or, or Scotty Pippen or someone like that was like, hey, what do we, uh, do we need to do something about this? And then I think it was Phil who was like, nah, that's just Dennis. You just need to give him, give him like a little bit of space, give him a bit of time, give him a few games off. 
And then, and then he came back and he just had absolutely monster performances for them. So mm. I wonder if it's like whatever Sonny's Vegas is to him, let's send Son to Vegas. Just let him, you know, chill out for like a week or so. Just get whatever he needs to get out of his system. Um, and then maybe he comes back. Oh, I mean, although knowing his situation, like, and what his dad's like, his dad will probably just make him train the whole time. So, mm, mm, mm. No, no, we can send him and his dad and we can buy them tickets to go to Cheese World, <laughs> um, which is a uh, <laughs> theme park in South Korea that is themed around cheese. <laughs> is this a real place, Cheese World? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Dan, I've done my research on this one. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Dan, I may not have done the research. I couldn't name the Chelsea owner before, but what I can tell you there, there is a cheese world in South Korea. Okay. I mentioned I would love to go to cheese world, wherever mm. it is, <laughs> wherever it is. I mean, <laughs> a friend of mine went, which is why I know about it. Yep. And, uh, she was very excited to go. And then she came back and I was like, Oh God, that was cheese world. And she was like, dated. Great. Great. So it's like what Cheese World would have been in like the 80s. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So we're going to have to rebuild Cheese World. Yeah. It kind of is like to me, it's like if people, if you go around to like dinner for someone's place and they've got, don't fill up too much. I've got a box of those Gillian chocolates for you to have after dinner. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's nice. But I mean, like, and they're okay chocolates, but like chocolate game has moved on so much since like 30 yeah. years ago. They're not the height yeah, of we, brilliance anymore. They're really not that great. Um, yeah. Also, how many do they think you're going to eat? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I'll have another one. Have, come on. Go on. Have another yeah, one. Go on. Go I'll on. Have another one. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, I, I think, I feel though, look, if it was Man City, given how Son has played against them in the past and, you know, the highlight and everything, we would have seen Son in again. Um, mm. But I wonder if, because now our next game is Champions League sport, yes. sporting. That's, yeah. yeah, sporting. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if, oh, I just feel like, like Decky has come here to play Champions League as well. Like mm. we can't, like, you can't just go, no nah, man, just off the bench for, for that. It's like, he deserves a spot. So I would go in this yeah. game as well. I'm like, sporting, Sonny, you can have a rest. You've played many Champions League games before. Mm. Have a bit of a rest. Come on off the bench. Come on, let's let's get this going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My thoughts exactly. Um, in terms of uh, obviously, in the last couple of days, um, our favourite Bolsonaro loyalist um, Lucas has come out with a brilliant, brilliant tweet. Um, or, or it was an interview. I can't. I don't know where the info came from. Where he talks about communism is nothing different from Nazism. Um, which is just blatantly untrue, vague, and, uh, what's the other word I want to use here? Um, cooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just when, um, well, when you think Lucas is done, he's just, he just keeps going. He's, mm. he's, um, you know, we talked about him as being like a little energizer bunny on the field, just keeps going, keeps going, keeps running. And he's a little energizer buddy when it comes to. His like hardcore Christian fascist views. <laughs> he yeah, just keeps oh going. God. He just keeps going. Um, mm. And he doubles down when people go, oh, hey, he just replies and doubles down even further on it. Um, it's getting to the stage now where I think it's like Lucas is nowhere near our first team. So mm. 
you don't really have that many people defending him on a football merit like mm. anymore. Um, but now it seems like the debate is kind of between the uh, free speech above everything and mm, let's just be nice to people as much as we can. Like, it seems mm. like that's now the debate that comes up from fans about Lucas. So we're not even mm. talking about him as a footballer. Um, we're talking about, you know, let's just, let's sell. Let's, it's it's time to sell. This guy's values don't really align with what the club tries to align with. And, mm. and you know, what we would say are not harmful views to certain people and demographics and everything. Um, mm. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I can't feel, I, I don't feel like I've got any love for Lucas anymore. Yeah, I mean, this is just, it feels like a, like a fly that's been trapped in, in your house for too long. Um, <laughs> and it's getting really irritating because like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a moron in, in the sense that I know that, you know, communist regimes around the world have had, you know, a whole heap of problems, but it's not quite, you know, if, if I'm going to stretch it, it's not quite the same as Hitler and the Nazis. So... <laughs> Um, you know, not to, not to be outrageous, but, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Just get, just sell him. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's time. It's annoying. It's annoying. It's time. And it's like, we, we get as well. It's like, yes, again, we are in Australia. We are removed from Brazil. We don't know about the situation going on there. There, there are quite a few people with, you know, strong right-wing support for Bolsonaro, including other footballers like Alison mm -hmm. is another one as well about that. But it's just like. How many comments does someone have to make before you can stop defending them? Um, uh, how many things does a person have to like, um, you know, on Twitter? Like he's liked stuff about anti-abortion stuff as well. All right. Yeah. So he's liked stuff about like transphobic things, homophobic things. Like, mm. so it's mm. not just like, there's just one issue where he's like, um, <laughs> well, you know, with my president, I'm a little bit right wing. Um, he's, he's like, I'm very right wing and I don't believe in this. I don't believe this. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in this. If you're getting an abortion, you're going to hell, all this. Like, it's just like, come on, let's, let's start promoting, um, I, I think just more positive, more positive interactions. And we've spoken about this before of like, a lot of footballers are quite quiet on, um, you know, the positive um, things we only really hear, and I don't know if they're necessarily super quiet or if the, the, the media just doesn't love to publicize it, but we hear things whenever it's something which is kind of, um, negative. Like when gay for PSG last year, when he was like, I refuse to wear the, um, the rainbow kit, which was in support of pride. He's like, no, I'm not wearing it. Um, and it was under the veil of religious beliefs. And it's like, I'm so over this argument of using like religious beliefs to like promote um, sort mm. of some sort of like, you know, hatred towards someone. It's just, it's ridiculous. And it's, um, it's insane. We have that here as well. We have that here with the rugby that <laughs> Manly did a kit, um, for one of their yeah. games. And like, it's, it's all in place. And it's like, it's just, I, I don't think, I don't think it's wrong if you go, you know what? I don't want to support these players who, um, who act like this. I want, I don't want them to be at the club that I sort of support and, you know, invest a lot of time and money in supporting. Mm. I, the, the thing that always gets me, especially with Lucas is that the man, he's, he's frothing for Jesus, right? He's obsessed with Jesus. He, you know, he's constantly talking about Jesus. He's wears, I love Jesus shirts. He's the biggest fan of Jesus ever. But if you look like in the Bible, in the Bible and in the scriptures, Jesus two commandments, which superseded the 10 commandments, 
um, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He's doing that very well. Tick. Tick. Well done, Lucas. Well done, Lucas. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah, uh, Jesus. In that, if if that's something you believe in and you believe in the Bible, it's not like it says love your neighbor as yourself, but only certain neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> it's everyone. Yeah, but only certain neighbors. No, we're very specific about that. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like I'm just I'm just over players like this. Just you know, still being giving a platform and using their voice, and just like no, just please just stop it. Like especially when. Um, I was listening to a, a, a podcast the other day and on a, it was about baseball and they, they spoke to Liam Hendricks, who I believe is an Australian baseball player playing in, uh, the U S now, and I believe for the Chicago White Sox, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and, but anyway, he's, he's rather like politically outspoken, but in like a positive sense, like in, a, in, there was a contract. He's like, I won't sign this contract unless you organize a pride night. Like he does things like that. Um, and mm. I'm like, great. We need more players like this. We need more players mm. who are actually standing up for those things. Like it's something we've spoken about with Kane before about, he's just like very, very quiet on any of these sort of, on any mm. issues really. And it's like, I feel like, um, you know, maybe Lucas, I don't want to say a positive view, just suddenly that balances out a negative view, but like, if we had some more positive views, I don't think that would be a bad thing at all. Um, from our players to just pipe up a little bit more on, on these sort of issues. Well, uh, Dan, do you know one player that we do have, um, as part of our squad that does, um, have some sort of outspoken views, uh, politically that, you know, seem to sort of be about, um, helping others and, and education and, um, uh, treating people fairly and equally is, oh, pop <laughs> Yeah, the pigeon. Look at him go. Yeah. All right. He's the mm-hmm. the opposite of Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's like a patron of science in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's just like, look, it's 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 fine. And look again uh, to to re to reiterate too, before someone's like, well, you don't know what it's like in Brazil. And it's like, no, we don't know exactly what it's like in Brazil. But it's like, I feel like whatever the situation is there and however previous governments had, um, you know, treated the economy and got that into trouble and all those sorts of things, like there are just certain views, which I don't care what state your country is in, in in any sort of political sense. There's just certain views which often end up being quite religious ones, uh, the religious extremist type views, Mm. um, where I'm just like, I don't care. I'm not, I, I, I don't want those views to like be around i don't they offer nothing but like hatred towards people so we don't need to put up with that shit anymore exactly and if you want to complain about it well i watched the world cup in brazil um (laughs) so i know a little bit about that yeah and (laughs) i've seen a Um, documentary on rio i've seen a documentary on rio it's really i know about it uh, dangerous places to travel. They went down into the the place where the gangs are, yeah. and they they said, "Don't stray off the path because you'll get shot by a gun." And I thought, "That's true. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I take that on. I take that on fully, fully." That's the only thing I've engaged with about Brazil. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, I mean, and 
so it, it's interesting. Like on the on Spurs play, they've got like now the Lucas Moura documentary. Um, mm. But I'm sure it's going to be more of a puff piece of like just him talking about where he came from and 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 those sort of things. And um, I find so this is also what I find interesting is like that the club knows that the club knows that he's got these views and he puts it out there mm. and he does that. So then do they go, okay, given that he's putting out these views and he's putting out these questionable things that a you know, large portion of the fan base don't like and are getting annoyed with, uh, uh, how do we justify that? Do we either a go to the player and have a chat and go like, Hey mate, mm. club's not down with this stuff. Um, mm. let's, you know, let's just rein it in. Or do we go, no, 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 let's create a puff piece documentary showing a lighter side of Lucas where he just says coys, coys, coys a lot. I like, I don't know if that's the right way to go about this. Like if there was any play and I'm sure they shot this a few months ago, but he, he still had the views then. Um, mm. It's just like, well, surely someone else in the squad could have had it. Like show us the, I don't know, the Royale documentary. Oh, hell yeah. Show us the Royale. What would be your three? And it can't be like, you know, the big boys in the squad, mm -hmm. what would be your three players that you would like to see a documentary on? When you say not big boys. I mean like not Kane. Son's already got one. Okay. Um, uh, who else? I mean, I, maybe that's it. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. You rule out like half the squad. I'm like, well, I guess you've left me with all of a skip. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. The three I'd like to see a doco on. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Richarlison. Decky. Yep. Mm. And this last one, uh, oof, it could be quite a few players, but I mm. would actually really like to see one on General Ho. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you see the interview that he did? Um, was it after Fulham? It's just, he's so well-spoken. It's <sighs> wild. It's so great. Is that the one where he was – that wasn't the one where he was talking about Richarlison's impact since joining, was it? There was one that he did, like, speaking. Oh, was that Marseille then? Like, no, no. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> he just, he's always talking at all of them. <laughs> he's like, mm, mm. Um, no, it might have been at, uh, at the Fulham game because Richarlison was just running around a lot in his work rate and that mm, sort thing. But mm. yeah, you're right. He's so well-spoken and he's he's so huge. He always looks mm. he's enormous massive. in those things. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which I found very funny that there was another photo that went up and it was from another Sky game where it was um, Brendan Rogers and like four commentators and Brendan Rogers was the smallest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a garden gnome had been placed in the middle and given a mic. Oh, Brendan. Oh, Brendan. R.I.P. Brendan. Um, uh, not long. Not long has he got. You're giving a, a, a forecasting an R.I.P. for him to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's start. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble. But also, RIP, uh, Tottenham's favourite son, Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel is God. Um, yeah. You, you know what? All right. So we've <laughs> we've spoken quite a bit about Tuchel on the uh, on you know the last maybe three or four episodes, uh, mm -hmm. including uh, calling him a worm. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, calling him a bunch of other different things. Um, mm. After reading, so I read like the athletics deep dive on the, the Tuchel Bowley, um, sort mm. of relationship after reading that, I do feel a little bit sorry for, for Tuchel in this scenario. Mm. Um, please go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so there's just a lot of, a lot of things there. So, uh, 
Uh, just on a personal level, I've, apparently, like, his marriage has, like, collapsed after, like, 13 years. That happened, like, earlier this year, earlier in the summer. Bit of a stressful thing. Oh. Um, but then when the, when Todd Bowley and the rest of, you know, Clear Lake and, and everyone else came in and bought the club, the, the just a, a few things didn't go that well in terms of interactions between them and, and Tuchel. So, uh, right. allegedly one of the things is one of the first things that, uh, Bowley and, uh, Egbali, one of the other owners, um, brought up was like plans for a four, four, three formation for the team. What? Um, and <laughs> apparently, which now like Chelsea deny, but it's like, uh, uh, I, I buy it. Um, and also it's like, they came in, they got rid of, um, they got rid of Maria, the, you know, their, their sort of chairman who'd mm. been the fridge, uh, Peter Cech, they, he left. Um, so it's like, they had no football department apart from Tuchel. So suddenly Tuchel was being brought into meetings of like, um, to talk about recruitment. He's like, no, no, I want to focus on coaching the team. And he mm. was apparently like having daily calls with Todd Bowley about players. And then Tuchel got sick of it. So he just started sending his agent instead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like things like that, where it's like things just started getting a little bit, um, a little bit offhand. Like apparently like Egg Barley was demanding like daily reports from Tuchel about everything. And he was like, no, I, I, I just want to, I want to coach. Just let me coach this mm. team, please. Um, and then there were some various bits and pieces about, um, play transfers and all that and everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, Tuchel still annoys me, but it's like, I, I just, I prefer now to laugh more at Chelsea <laughs> in this scenario and the fact as well, it's like, well, we bought, well, uh, well, we brought in like, uh, we bought in a whole new squad for Thomas and, uh, <laughs> next move is let's, let's, uh, let's sack Thomas. <laughs> I love that they've gone from like. Uh, Putin sympathizer and funder to like a just annoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey Thomas, I know you've won the Champions League, um, but I have come in. I would like us to play a four-four-three. Uh, I like the number four, and then I like the number three twice as much as that number. So that's why there's three three. Um, we're gonna buy you a bunch of players. Um, awesome, and uh, we'll see how you go. See how you yeah, go. You Let's go. see what we can do. Maybe we can work with that handball rule. I don't know. Maybe we can. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can do something there. Maybe we can mix it up a little bit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my money. My money's in crypto. You know, I. It's what I know. Can we get some crypto going on the in, on the field of play? Is that a, <laughs> is that a move we can make? Exactly, Thomas. Have you ever thought about having robot legs? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever thought about having legs that are machine legs? Yeah, we can like just crypto farm out all the energy we need for them. And it's just going to be great. It's going to be great. And we're going to win the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called, right? The Premier League. Also, apologies to any of our American listeners. We, we, we love you dearly. It's, this, but, is, this is specific. This is specific, specific to, Todd. to one man. <laughs> this is specific to Todd. <laughs> and also, if you're an American listener and you, um, and you like Spurs, then we don't like Todd anyway. So that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. But we like the Todd father, but we just don't like Todd Bowl. Todd father, um, we love. Shout out to Todd yeah. father. Uh, Todd Bowley, not a fan, um, mm. not a fan at all. Um, it's just like, it, there's just so many funny things about this too. Like Obama Yang, <laughs> Hey, I'd yeah. love to just come back and work with my boy Tushul. Who's, you know, I've got such a strong relationship with him, right? Plays for 50 minutes. Tushul sacked. Um, yeah. there's other people too. So Billy Gilmore leaves Chelsea in search of regular football to go to Brighton to play under Potter. 
And then within a week, Potter gets scooped up for Chelsea. Unreal. It's just like, I don't, like, there's just so many little things in this, which it's just, it's completely diabolical. Um, mm. And yeah, like there's, you know, there's a debate from, um, from, from fans about like, oh, you know, Potter, I oh, screw him. Oh, only in it for the money. And it's like, yeah, but like, he's going to get a lot of money. Like mm. we just need to say like, as a manager, you go, you get that offer on the table. You go, Hey, <laughs> like this is like, you know, sorts me and my family out. We're good. I got to mm. take this contract. Um, mm. and even if it doesn't go well, it's like Chelsea is so like, you know, known to be so ruthless. And we thought we were getting a different generation of Chelsea owner or oh, this benevolent kind owner. And it's like, no, they're yeah. just as ruthless as the previous ones. Yeah. 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 And I love as well. Um, the, I, <laughs> Todd Bowley's talking about like, so we've got a three to five year plan that we're going to be working with. And then they, they're like, Thomas Tuchel's not the man. So we had to get rid of him, but we're going to hire another man within two days. And, uh, it's like, is Graham Potter going to be there for three to five years? Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I mean, maybe he will be, maybe this is actually it, but I doubt it. Yeah. I, I, I doubt it. Like, I wonder where Potter as a recommendation came from because apparently in, in, in this athletic article, they talk about Todd Bowley when he was negotiating for Cucurella. Um, and also, sorry, all these negotiations, they paid over the odds for basically every single player that they bought in. So let's just also get that yep. clear. It's not ambition. Mm -hmm. It's stupidity. They spent way yep. too much. Cucurella is not a 60 million pound player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 60 million pounds. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? But apparently when negotiating for him, it's like, they were like, yeah, Todd Bowley was like really knowledgeable about Potter's career, like in that meeting and like talking about it. So it's like, he obviously like had an inkling that he wanted to go for him earlier, but it's like, it's just, it still is so weird. And I, I honestly don't know if it's going to work out well. I, I'm still not worried about Chelsea this season. Cause I think even though they've got some good players, um, it's a lot to change how a team plays. Um, and it's a lot to get them to buy into a manager who has won nothing. And this is the biggest club they've been at versus your previous manager who has, you know, won in different leagues, like won cups and won all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, mm. So I'm not that fast about Chelsea this season. I don't know how you feel about them. I, I mean, I wonder whether there'll be a bounce. There might be. But, but the thing that confuses me is that Tuchel's big problem was that he wanted to coach. And then he kept on being brought into these meetings because there was no football structure behind him. And Potter. So I was just going to say, I was going to say, I just love it. I just had this picture of my head. Like Tuchel suddenly is just like, basically they're asking him for every single idea on every facet of the club. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, um, we, uh, look, look, Thomas, we're, uh, we're thinking about changing the toilet paper in the bathrooms. We want to go with that, uh, you know, that, uh, that company, um, where it's like good toilet paper, but it's thin. It's shit. It's thin. So we're like, do we go for that or do we, I don't know. Tell us. Guys, I don't care, but I, you know, three ply is always nice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Why did I drive in forty-five minutes for this? Like, <laughs> like that would be so annoying as a coach. It would be oh. the sort of thing that you do when you're like, uh, you know, when you're starting out at like youth level or like you're at a very a local club where you've got to like pack up the canteen after the game and that sort of <laughs> yeah. thing. Not have so, Thomas, uh, in the executive suite, you've got a new vending machine in. Um, do you, would you? Should we get some Cheetos in there? Is Cheetos? Do they like <laughs> Cheetos over here in in the UK? <laughs> yeah, I've heard your Fanta is different. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> 
I, <laughs> you know how uh, when the the takeover was happening, or or rather Abramovich was sort of being pushed out, Tusha was like, if I have to drive a, a bus with the, I don't know what this accent is. If I have to drive a bus with the um with the players in mini bus, I I do it. Like, um, do you reckon that they were like, oh, that's he means that. <laughs> and then they're just like, cool. Well, we'll just uh... Thomas, we got you a bus. We got you a bus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, on my point, what I'm saying is Potter is known as a good coach. He's a coach. Mm -hmm. Like Brighton have really good systems in place. He's a coach. So him coming to Chelsea, where there is apparently nothing apart from him, I just want maybe I mean, maybe he'll be really good at it. He seems like a very clever dude, but um. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all. <laughs> well, I think like they they have to bring in a director of football or something. Like they have mm. to. Like I mean, they don't have to, but like okay, they're billionaires. Like they they must be smart in some way. <laughs> so, mm, mm. but like they they need to bring in a director of football in order to make that sort of work long term. If they don't do that, then then they're not going to do anything. They're just going to be a, like a rubbish club sort of. You know, just continue spiraling down. God, I hope they don't bring in anyone. Or they're like, we brought in Cheater from the Cheetos. He's the mascot. Yeah. He's the director of football. We sold the rights for that. That's really good for our investors. Really good for our <laughs> yeah. bottom line. Was, we're back in the black now, guys. Hey, let's let's all raise a let's all raise a glass of that UK Fanta. Um <laughs> yeah. bit more of a zing on the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, again, to American listeners, this is very specific to one man. <laughs> this is one one man, one man, mm. one man. We we genuinely do adore our our American uh, listeners and and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you are uh, well, the ones that I've interacted with, uh, nothing like our portrayal of football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like we're it's like we're putting them in their minds to decide. What are they going to draw the line at? Like, are they more like more with us for Spurs or are they more against us for our portrayal of this Todd Bolly <laughs> American character? Um, yeah. For that. But, uh, but look, Hey, also let's just be clear here. Like a lot of what we're talking about is stuff that has been reported. <laughs> like mm, mm. we've just added a little bit more flavor to it, but yeah, it's still things that have been reported that say this guy knows nothing about the game. So mm, mm. do you think that that's what the Daily Mail says? We've just added a bit of flavor to it. <laughs> you're a, you're on a, no, it's, we just added a little bit of flavor. It's not. Yeah, it's not a big deal, mate. It's, it's not, not a big deal. deal. Let's just move on, eh? Everyone's all right. Let's go, let's go down a pub, you know. Quite that way. Well, let me ask you this. Do you like salt in your chips? Yes. <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> that's what we did. You know, your chips, we just sprinkle a little bit of sea salt on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a big deal. <laughs> Um, so our next game is, uh, against Sporting, um, which I'm looking forward to, um, because I, I didn't get to see my football this weekend. <laughs> um, and I had to watch a whole bunch of other games, which weren't as good. Um, yeah, but that's, is, is that us? Is there anything else? Well, I was going to say in the Sporting game, um, I believe, mm. uh, cause it's Sporting Lisbon that's in our group and they do have Marcus Edwards. Yeah. Um, who we did let go of, um, oh, eight, it feels like, it honestly feels like a long, long time ago. Oh, it was only 2019. Yeah. Wow. Far out. I thought, I thought it was like 20, 20, 2016, 2017, something like that. Um, 
2019. And apparently he's starting to play pretty well at sporting. Um, mm. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. It's always nice when there's like a little storyline um, mm. coming mm. into these games. But please, just as long as we don't have that same, um, that same, uh, I was going to say reporter, but I hope he doesn't, not a reporter, because his, mm. his, uh, his blog would just be absolutely ridiculous. Um, but with the same commentator. That um, yeah. Guy Mowbray. I hope. I just hope that he's not been assigned like all Spurs games for the season. Um, oh my God! Can you imagine? Oh, and Sporting. Oh my goodness me! Oh my <laughs> goodness! Redefining the game in front of our very eyes against this weak, putrid, piss poor Tottenham team. <laughs> They're playing against that white muck. These gorgeous <laughs> players from Sporting playing in. 4D, 5D. <laughs> they're, they're breaking dimensions with their passing. And Spawn, they should. They, they they should be at least at least four goals up by the... Oh, they haven't kicked off yet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well. All right. <laughs> That's me done. <laughs> <laughs> Just leaves. Just that leaves. Maybe he pre-recorded the whole commentary for the game. Yeah. And he was just like, I just think there's going to be an upset and I can't do the game live. So I'll, yeah. I'll pre-record it and you can just play it over the top. I hope it's accurate. I hope it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Marseille take the lead 15-3. Yeah, yeah. Guy, how did you think this was actually going to be an accurate result? Yeah. yeah. Ah, they call me Guy Mowbray. That doesn't answer our question. <laughs> oh, Guy. All right. Yep. Well, as always, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. Uh, see you next time and come on you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. <laughs>